What's happening to you these days? Having lots of fun? Believe me, I know some folks that are in for some fun. Hey, bud. <laughs> Let's party. Introducing Chicken McNuggets. I want my MTV. You'll get nothing and I can. It's casual. JR, you are the daddy. Bueller. Bueller. You must unlearn what you have learned. Do you like parties? Yeah. We can invite all our friends and have soda and pie. Yeah. I hope no bad people show up. Welcome back to Living in the 80s. Uh, here we are at Members Only Studios. Uh, back with me again this week is uh, my great friend Kevin Ackley. Uh, we had such great positive feedback from last week's show <laughs> that we decided to do it again. Okay, full disclosure, we're recording this back to back. So what you had to wait a whole week for, we finished up about five minutes ago? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. So <laughs> here we are again. So if you're just joining us, what we're doing is we're going through our our personal list of our favorite top ten, or I'm sorry, one hit wonders of the 80s. Last week we did 1980 through 1984. This week we're doing 1985 through 1989. Before we get to that, uh, I just wanted to put a plug out once again. We're still waiting for those recordings from you guys where you are telling us you know, your favorite place to hang out in the 80s, uh, what you did, who was hanging out with you, that kind of thing. And uh, I want to you know, do those as part of one podcast. So if you could, send those to livingthe80sus at gmail.com. And all you need to do is two minutes or less. Hi, my name's Kevin Ackley. I grew up in Asheville, Ohio. I hung around with these goobers, and we went to these places, and the 80s were awesome. Rock on. So, that easy. It's very simple and easy. So, if you could do that, that would be awesome. It'll make a really great show someday. So, let's do that. Again, we wanted to thank uh, Flounder and the guys over at Star 107.9 and Roundtown Radio. Uh, thank you guys so much for... Um, you know, for broadcasting our podcast every week. And so if you're now listening, you're all caught up. We're going to go to our list of our 10 favorite one-hit wonder songs from 1985 through 89, starting with number 10. Number 10. Number 10 song on our list for 1985 through 1989 is Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves. This is one of your favorite songs, isn't it, Kevin? Well, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites, but it's in my top 10 <laughs> from 85 <laughs> to 89. Yeah. Um, really upbeat song. Uh, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, it, it, when you hear it, it kind of puts you in a good mood, especially if the sun's out. 
Um, you know, not so much on a rainy day, which was kind of ironic. If you remember the video, uh, it looked like it, they filmed it on like the coldest day in England. The guys yeah, they're wearing like coats. Yeah, they looked like they're freezing to death, and yeah. she's all peppy, and they all look like they're miserable. Um, you would think that, at least for the video's sake, give the appearance that it's warm outside. It's right. only a three and a half minute song. Right. Uh, um, made it to number nine in uh, 1985. Um, yeah, like I said, very... A very upbeat song and uh, just kind of has a, a, a fast uh, beat to it. She she was worried that this legacy was going to get ruined because um, because this one song being huge. <laughs> yeah. In in two thousand five, which would have been the twenty year anniversary of the song, um, is when Hurricane Katrina oh geez. hit the with East all the waves. Right, and well, and that's exactly what happened. Keith Oberman, uh, who had a show on MSNBC called uh, Countdown with Keith Oberman, uh, dubbed the coverage of the storm Katrina and the waves. So she's like, she was thinking to herself, this is going to ruin the legacy of the song. What Maybe. is she talking about? No one's even heard of her in like 25 <laughs> years at that point. She, she should, she be, should happy. be glad Someone's for the even bringing her up. notoriety, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the legacy of this song didn't get ruined because of the, the no. Katrina... Uh, this song shows Hurricane. up in movies. It's on you know the '80s stations all the time. Um, I made Leah a playlist a while back, um, a Hawaiian playlist. Mm. You know, going to Hawaii, doing the whole Hawaiian thing, and you know she was looking for upbeat summertime songs, and so I put that on there. So, to my detriment, that was about seven or eight years ago. That is still her most played playlist. And so when we're sitting, you know, just kind of hanging out or playing cards or doing whatever, we're listening to music. And I, of course, usually pick the music. But sometimes she's like, well, let me pick. I'm like, are you going to play that playlist <laughs> again? Which is, I mean, honestly, it's a good playlist. You know, I created it. I mean, it's not great because I created it, but I wouldn't have created it if I didn't like the songs on it. And this one song, I put it on there mainly because I knew she would like it, or that she did like it, and so it ended up on there. Um, I've added to that playlist since, so that now when we have to hear that thing, it's grown from twenty to less. about yeah, it's grown <laughs> from twenty to about forty songs now on that playlist. So, so I don't have to hear it quite as often. But uh, did you ever see the movie High Fidelity? I did. So one of my all-time favorite movie scenes from any movie is the Monday morning tape. So if you haven't seen it, just for one thing, you need to watch the movie. It is great. Um, so John Cusack is our age in real life. And so he's an our aged guy in 2000, and he owns a record store. Jack Black, this is his first movie that he had appeared in uh, that I know of. Maybe he had been in something, but it wasn't major, and it's the first time I, I had ever seen him. So... They're playing like this Smith song or whatever, and he comes in, and he walks in. His shirt's on; it's too tight. He's got the top of his butt crack showing, <laughs> and he bends over and he puts this cassette tape in the deck. And now, be- before like these guys are like music snobs; they're you know talking about obscure songs and old '60s music and soul and blues and stuff throughout the entire movie. He comes in and pops in walking on sunshine <laughs> and does this crazy, super high-energy dance all around the record store. 
And John Cusack and the other guy are just kind of frozen, but watching him the whole time. And finally, John Cusack leaps over the counter, takes the tape out and throws it. Jack Black gets all mad. He's like, that's my favorite. That is a that was meant to be a conversation stimulator. How could you possibly take this song out? He's like, don't bring that bullcrap tape in here on a Monday morning when we want something that we can ignore, not this peppy stuff. So that, in my mind, whenever I now hear Walking on Sunshine, I think think about Jack Black spiraling around dancing in, in the record store. So there we have it. So, I'll have to go back and watch that. I, I haven't seen a movie for a long time. It, uh, yeah, it is. It is. It's one of those movies. Like I've got some movies that I've got to watch at least, you know, once a year or so. That's that's one of them for sure. Um, Almost Famous is another one. Like some of these music movies, I just I just love. But anyhow, um, anything else on Katrina and the Waves or Walking on Sunshine? I think we got it covered. All right, huge hit in the '80s, uh, like we said, and that means we get to. Find out what number nine is. Number nine. Hang the sign up on the door. I say, don't disturb this Number nine, Don't Disturb This Groove by The System. Maybe one of the smoothest songs of all time. Yeah, it's kind of considered the the first hip-hop love song uh, of the 80s, well, really, of of any decade. Um, It's an interracial duo, uh, vocalist Mick Murphy and keyboard player David Frank. Um, And... Then, you know, this was their one hit, but David Frank went on to co-write uh, Genie in a Bottle for Christina Aguilera, so he had well, some He made some money. Yeah, he, he made some, uh, did some additional things outside of uh, his time with The System. Yeah. But yeah, this song's I, fantastic. Yeah, I know that prior to The System, I believe those guys worked with Madonna as well. Wow. So, uh, like, they, like, we hear these one-hit wonders, but, like, where do these people come from, and what did they do after, and... You know, so forth. So, even though we only hear them once, um, you're seeing um, so many. I'm sorry, so so much more to them than just the hit that we hear. So uh, that that is is really, really, uh, really cool for us to to kind of. Revisit yeah, it's interesting stuff. to see that they, you know, they didn't just you know disappear after this. They went on to have successful careers. It's just not necessarily in. in top 40 music uh, or at least not for themselves maybe they did it for somebody else by yeah. writing or producing well they they also um they appeared in the movie beat street and they also um lent music to the miami vice soundtrack oh nice so yeah they, they did some stuff just you know, nothing nothing is ever going to top don't disturb this groove yeah it peaked at number four uh number one on the r&b charts so this this song again this is one of those ones I don't care if this song is on, like, if I get home and I park in the driveway, it's not She Blinded Me With Science. It is, I'm going to listen to the rest of the song before I turn the car off. <laughs> I just, I've always just loved this song. So, um, And not a lot to say about the guys that we haven't mentioned. Uh, is there anything you had to contribute to the cause? No, I mean, uh, 
this came out in 87, so I was, you know, on the younger side. So at that point, you know, I wasn't worried about, you know, having my groove disturbed, you know. Um, so I appreciated this song as I got older and, and understood kind of more about what the song was talking about. And yeah. You have two kids, you know what it's like to... <laughs> Have your groove disturbed at some point, right? Yes. So. Yeah, kids always want to walk in during the, the groove time. <laughs> right. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's, uh, again, great, great song. Um, I would have liked to have heard more from them. Uh, yeah. It wasn't meant to be, but that one song sticks with us. So that was number nine, which, guess what? We're on to number eight. Number eight. Number eight is Rumors by Timex Social Club. This is an extremely catchy song. Like, this is another one that I don't think I ever turn off when it comes on. Um, Timex Social Club was basically Marcus Thompson, Gregory Thomas, Michael Marshall, Craig Samuel, and Darian Cleach. Uh, by 1986, Samuel Cleage and Thomas had departed. Alex Hill and Kevin Moore were added, and the name Timex Social Club was adopted. So this song came along. Um, uh, I want to say the fall of '86 is when this was a was a hit, and I, I remember it very well. Um, Kevin, I think you have something to add here. Oh, I do. <laughs> if you don't, I got well, I got another fun fact. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so uh, the song peaked at number eight. Um, there was a rift within the band internally; they just could not get along. So, like the main music guy, so to speak, like the guy in the band that kind of pretty much drove the direction and everything. His name was Jay King. Um, he, when the band dissolved, he formed Club Club Nouveau, who sung did the cover of Lean On Me, which is a huge hit. Um, but their first single was called Jealousy, which was an answer to uh, rumors. <laughs> so I guess there was so, so much bad blood, he wrote a song about it. Wow, that's uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's a little that's a little crazy there. A little little infighting there. Yeah. And the, 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 the whole New Jack Swing community there. Um, but uh, it... We considered Club Nouveau as one of our songs here, but they actually they had a, a couple heart. Why Why You Treat Me So Bad was also a hit, so you know we couldn't, you know we couldn't put them on here. But um, yeah, they had this song had such great lyrics. You know, it's so catchy and it's easy to remember because it so rhymes so well. It's a little well. dirty. Yeah, a little bit, it, a little bit, uh, but of course it's rumors, right? I mean, you don't tell rumors about nice things. You got that's tell rumors right. About rumors but, are always scandalous. But there was, you know, have you heard about the one about Tina? Have you heard about Michael? Have you heard about Susan? And and when they're talking about them, people were trying to figure out now is this you know is this really Michael Jackson he's talking about? Yeah. Is this uh, Tina Turner? Is this? I think Susan Anton was the one that was thrown around because she's really tall and it talks in a oh, yeah. she, you know she's six foot tall and all this stuff. And um, 
and it's kind of funny people were starting rumors about a song called Rumors that was telling you not to start rumors and then it's like yeah. from that so you got rumors, rumors ruin things and you guys are going off and, on and then like hey I think this might be, might be talking about this person do you think they've kind of intended it to be that way probably yeah. it, it's you, you kind of throw out a name that's kind of popular it could go a lot of different ways and uh, makes you makes you wonder who this might be about so, so I don't uh, think it was about you and me no, they don't, I don't think Robert Kevin in this. No, they didn't, I, I they didn't know us. <laughs> they would have started rumors if they We weren't popular enough to be. That's right. How many rumors started about? <laughs> so um, that's it. Not a lot to say. They were here and they were gone, but they left us with that one gem. So number eight was rumors. Number seven. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. But when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. If you were alive on planet Earth in 1988, you knew Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. That song was on every time you turned around. T-shirts, don't worry, be happy, um, made Bobby McFerrin a household name. Now, prior to that, he was a very credible jazz uh, musician, singer, songwriter. But this one song just kind of catapulted him into mega superstardom. And a personal story here. Uh, when this song was out, like my daughter Kayla was born in 1988. And when she was born, like this song was number one a few weeks prior to her being born. And it was still very popular and on the radio and, you know, everybody knew it. And I remember uh, one night, um, she was, again, just a newborn baby and uh, she was you know, fussy in the middle of the night, kind of whimper crying. She'd already eaten and stuff. She was having a hard time going back to sleep. And uh, again, music always playing at our house. Um, when when she was, uh, when uh, Kim was pregnant with her, um, we would put like headphones on her belly, and so you know, we played music, usually soft music and stuff like that. So. This one night, um, Kayla was kind of fussy, and it's probably two or three in the morning. And so I had I took her in the other room. I had the radio on, kind of low, and uh, "Don't Worry, Be Happy" was on. And I'm holding her, and just kind of bouncing her. And this song's on, and, and she ended up eventually falling asleep. And uh, I just remember just associating that song with my newborn daughter was just. I can't ever hate on this song because it gave me that one memory that will stick with me the rest of my life. So I am thankful to Bobby McFerrin in this song. He ended up hating the song because it defined his career. Yeah. But, man, that he can't hate it too much. It made him a lot of money. Yeah, and it made you a, a great memory, so he, yes. he, should, uh, he should be fine with it. Um, that's awesome. 
Yeah, this song was so big, um, Sweet Shot of Mine was number one on the charts. It knocked that out of the number one spot. I mean, That's power. I mean, yeah, to have a song that is sung a cappella, no musical instruments at all, knock out Sweet Shot of Mine, is, is that, that shows how big that song was. It, yeah. was, it was massive. Um, prior to that, um, what did you, uh, you had you mentioned the Nylons earlier? No, I had not. You mentioned, who did you mention earlier? You mentioned a band, uh, Club Nouveau. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Um, do you remember a song called The Nylons? They redid, by, by The Nylons, did not, not, hey, hey, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the previous highest acapella song, um, which had made it number 12. So Bobby McFerrin's wow. went to number one. So, uh, I don't know if there's been an acapella song make it to number one since then, but... Well, after uh, 1989, music didn't really matter anyway, right? That's right. That's it's, right. It doesn't exist. Like, it stopped being anything because we only live in the 80s. That's right. You like that, didn't you? And, you know, this song is... is uh, Can... You know, you think of everything that's going on right now. Um, right. Lots of issues going on in the United States and around the world, and... You can still think of the song, hey, don't worry, be happy. Like, everything's going to be just you know, If people would just heed that advice right now, I mean, again, I don't, I, I did a little social commentary a couple of weeks ago, and this one won't be much of one, but man, if we, again, not just Bobby McFerrin's song or whatever, if, if we could just stop stressing over stuff and just kind of enjoy each other, enjoy life, and enjoy our blessings and try to work together, you know, be a better place for everybody. Not just me, but for you too. So, yep. anyway, that's all Rob has to say about social commentary today. <laughs> Kept it short and sweet. I did. Um, and this came out in 88. Of course, George Bush was uh, on his presidential campaign at this time, and he yep. was using the song. And, and the song talks about, you know, uh, you, you, you can't pay your rent to the landlord. You've lost your bed. Don't worry, be happy. But he was not happy <laughs> that George Bush was uh, using this song, so he kind of asked him to quit using his song on the campaign trail. So he wasn't completely happy about everything. Yeah. Um, he was happy. He certainly wasn't happy that Michael Dukakis got his butt kicked by George Bush. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was. <laughs> remember Dukakis and them really super furry eyebrows with, yeah. like mustaches? Like... That guy could have been our president. Yeah, and wow. uh, who was it uh, that played him on SNL? Uh, John Lovett. <laughs> yes, John who did a great job. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, that's funny. I forgot about him doing that. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah, good so, song. This is a good one. All right, anything else on that one? Nope. All right, we're going to move right along to our number six song. Number six. Number six song we chose this week is Let's Go All the Way by Sly Fox. 1986. Peaked at number seven. So Sly Fox, um, that whole... I don't... I remember 
This was John McNeil's favorite song when it was out. It might have been Paul's, too. They both had that Richard Marks haircut and all that thing going on. And they were both big fans of um, <laughs> of Sly Fox, apparently. But I remember this being a, big, a good song, a big song. It was catchy. Uh, it was on MTV. It was on the radio a lot. So this was a uh, the, the whole Disneyland, Disneyland's part of the song. It was just that was it was good stuff. Yeah, I love this song too. I it wasn't just John and Paul that loved this song. I love this one, and and I I always remember this song because I was working with uh, Dean Woods at the time. And <laughs> Dean, he is one of the funny. Oh, you know, he's one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. Dean and, is Comedy uh, Central. And at the beginning of this song, they say. Uh, I think sitting with a thinker or something to, to those effects, yeah. but it was really kind of hard to tell what they were saying. So he always changed the words to sitting on my finger, <laughs> and just <laughs> which is just typical Dean. And just uh, and and this was like I, just, I can just imagine his facial expressions <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> he is hilarious. Yes. Um, and I remember, like, this was, we, you know, we're, we're just old enough to start, like, going out to, like, the dance clubs here in town, which we didn't dance, but we went there to try to meet women, which we didn't do that neither. Because you um, couldn't dance. Yeah, probably. That's probably one of the reasons. And uh, this would be one of the songs we'd hear either on the way or there. And, uh, yeah, this, this one just has good memories. And it's, you know, I've mentioned this before on the last time I was on the podcast. This isn't what you think it's about. Let's go all the way. It's about if you have a goal or a dream or a vision uh, go all the way to get it. So it's it's a positive message about um, trying to achieve your dreams. And so, and, and honestly, guys, if you're hearing this going, oh, yeah, that's just 80s fluff to make the song not sound dirty. No, that that is really what the song's about. Listen to the lyrics. There's no sexual in, innuendos in there whatsoever. And, you know, just a little suggestion here. Maybe if you and Dean would, would have gone onto the dance floor and macked up on these women a little bit... And on that part, Dean would get like nose to nose with a girl and put his finger up and said, "Sitting on my finger." He might have. He might have got lucky. Maybe. maybe. Maybe he could have gone all the way. Maybe. So, who knows? Oh, Dean, I know you're not listening. Maybe you are listening because we'll have to send you a message and make you listen that's right. to this this podcast. So uh, that's it. Uh, number six was uh, "Let's Go All the Way" by. That wonderful duo known as Sly Fox. We will be right back after our brief timeout and we will be tackling the top five. Swatch. Always different. Always new. Water resistant. Shock resistant. Swiss made. Swatch. The new wave in Swiss watches. Number five. The number five song on our list um, 
we dedicate to our buddy Marty McFly Wiseman from Down Under. Uh, this is a band from Australia, Midnight Oil with Beds Are Burning. So this song uh, went only to number 17 in 1988, but it was a, a as time has gone on, this song has has great staying power like it has a great sound that doesn't sound as you know any decade has music that kind of sounds like that decade some music ages well and others yeah, not not so much but this song has aged pretty well i think which i think is why this is still kind of one of those um revered songs yeah and it's i remember this song first came out and the guys i thought this guy's voice is really strange sounding right it, it and his body and his head were really yeah, weird yeah and he too. had this really weird dance move uh when when I saw the video and within a week or two I'm like this song was amazing i i I just remember I even played it for a friend of mine, and they're like, that song stinks and then it wasn't long after that this this song was really awesome. Did you say you stink and punch him in the face <laughs> that's right um but this is probably, uh, of the songs we have in our top ten, this is probably the most political song that we have. This was all Absolutely. about giving land uh, back to the Aboriginal people of Australia. So, and imagine uh, someone now coming up out, coming out with a song about, let's give the land back to the Native Americans, right? Probably wouldn't be something that a lot of people would be behind, right? Right. Um, but We can't get the Washington Redskins to change their name. <laughs> right, exactly. But, but... This song and and his um, passion for this really helped, you know, drive him. He ended up getting involved in politics uh, because of this. He he was in the uh, Australian Labor Party in the House of Representatives after this song. So this was really a cause that was really important for him. So it's kind of cool that it's, you know, all, you know, wrapped up into the song about the importance of of giving the land back to the people who it really belongs to. So I, I remember this, uh, again, like you, um, just uh, during this time period, music was transitioning uh, in the 80s from more, uh, it was kind of losing some of the poppier edge, or at least my my tastes were moving out of a poppier edge, more becoming more of a, a guitar driven rockier kind of thing uh, again like I-, I listen to music from all over the place but i'm starting to listen to like this stuff and psychedelic furs and depeche mode and and bands like this so this song came along at a time when i was you know listening to a lot of this type of stuff so yeah this song is fantastic and uh you know they never did anything else here in the U.S., even though they were huge in Australia. Huge in Australia. They were, they were, you know, like our cars. You know, the cars were huge here. Um, not so much in other parts of the world. A Midnight Oil, very similar, uh, but in Australia. I mean, n- music's nothing, nothing like the same at all, but as far as uh, success musically, um, they were huge in their home country. Yeah, and in fact, a book was published in... 2010 called the 100 best australian albums uh acdc's back in black was number two and diesel and dust which was for uh, uh midnight oil was number one so they actually beat out acdc um that's how big they are over in, in australia and that's not saying a little bit that's saying a lot right because acdc worldwide is huge and mm-hmm. native australia like they are like you know 
they put them up there like the Beatles. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good stuff. So, yeah, that was our number five song. Uh, we picked it because we love it. Uh, there's a lot of songs that could have been on this list as well, uh, but didn't quite make it. And while we're at it, let, let's let's talk about some of those songs that didn't quite, you know, have what it took to get into our top ten either you know, for one reason or another, maybe it's because our own personal bias, um, maybe it's, um, you know, for whatever, some songs just didn't get cut. Like, uh, one of them is At This Moment by Billy Vera and the Beaters, which we heard on Family Ties. Uh, it's a big hit. It was a, the love song for Michael J., or for Alex Keaton and, I don't know, Tracy yeah. Pollard was, was Michael J. Fox name. and Tracy Pollard. Yeah, I don't know yes, what to remember. Like, the characters' names yeah. were <laughs> been too long. <laughs> remember Alex Keaton? I can't remember her name. She's the love interest that wasn't Courtney Cox. Yeah, and this one's an interesting one. This song became popular, like you said, because it was on Family Ties. This song came out in '81, made it to number seventy-nine. Yeah, they used it in '86 on Family Ties, and it went to number one. So it's it's interesting. The song itself didn't really it didn't stand by itself it stood because of the popularity of family ties so it's a good song i like it it makes you wonder how many other songs out there maybe didn't get promoted right or didn't catch the ear of the right um record executive and and just did not become a big hit like we talked a couple weeks ago when i was with uh, marty we were talking about jimmy barnes who was huge in australia um, he was like Bruce Springsteen large in Australia and kind of even has sort of that same sound. Didn't really do anything here. Like, so how how is it that like some of these bands just don't get traction? So Billy Vera is a, uh, this song is a great example. It's a good song. And with just the right amount of promotion, put it on the right TV show, drop it in the right movie, the right commercial or whatever, suddenly people get to hear it and they end up liking it and they push it clear to number one. Yeah. So, you know, record executives, you know, you guys don't always know what the heck you're talking about. So that's just one. Yeah, it didn't make our list, but I mean it was it was certainly in the in the running. It was it's a, an honorable mention. Oh yeah. Um, there was one that I, I kinda was was hoping would make the top ten, didn't quite make it, uh, which is a song called Tarzan Boy. Because it's stupid. Well <laughs> I'm uh, it was it was it, all, it almost made it it was very interesting sound. Um, no, it was, it I remember, was a good song. I remember Art had this album, so it can't be too stupid. So, yeah, um, it only made it to number thirteen, so it wasn't super high. But I will tell you an interesting story about this song, and, and I first have to talk a little bit about the final countdown, um, which was also not a one-hit wonder. Um, but I had a ringtone several years ago, which was the final countdown, and I got a call call one day at work and. This lady I work with, who's Indian, she said that's that's an Indian song, and she was like, seemed really impressed that I had an Indian you know ringtone, and I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? And 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 so she played me this song from an from a Hindi movie, which had stolen the sound. Well, I shouldn't say stolen; they borrowed the sound of the Final Countdown from Europe. From Europe, and so I, I started kind of researching this. I'm like, well, this is interesting. I didn't realize that you know Bollywood borrows from Western culture mm-hmm. for for songs, and I actually found that they had done the same thing for Tarzan Boy. So there's actually this this uh, Hindi song 
in a Bollywood movie uh, with Tarzan Boy. And if you hear it, there's absolutely no doubt that they are borrowing, borrowing from the movie, uh, from the song Tarzan Boy by Baltimore. So, by the way, these are the kind of things Kevin and I share with each other. <laughs> like, here, listen to this. <laughs> so, so back to your your um, uh, the your coworker. Did you show her that yeah, Europe had it first? And that's what I had to prove. I, I had to show her. No, see, this this song came out in whatever nineteen eighty nine. Uh, this was yeah, and this was you know, and so I could prove to her that. It, you know the the Western version came first, and uh, and if you go out and look at you know just Google you know Bollywood movies that have borrowed from Western, you'll see a ton of them. There's some Billy Joel out there that they've borrowed from. Uh, so yeah, kind of an interesting story. Wasn't interesting enough to make push uh, Tarzan Boy in the top ten though. No, so. <laughs> it's funny. I, I kind of fought Kevin on that. You know, there's a couple of them that, that he kicked out of mind too, but. Um, that particular song, I told him, like, I liked it back in the day, and it was okay, but now I picture the Listerine commercial where the Listerine bottle is swinging on a rope with yeah. this song playing in the background, and I can't get it out of my mind. Like, when this song comes on, I'm like, eh. So, and when you mentioned that, it, it did bring back that, that memory of the Listerine bottle, you know, sitting on a on a, a tree branch, and then it swings down. I was like, oh yeah, I do remember they kind of... Yeah, when, when they sell out, they kind of can ruin the song sometimes. Yes, they can. So sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. In that case, for me, it didn't. It turned me off to that song forever. <laughs> but they'd already made their money, and just this one biased fan isn't going to matter. Um, the Miami Vice theme. Yep. Jan Hammer, that was uh, one of the ones that were... It hit to number one, as did Wild Wild West by The Escape Club. When I'm With You by Sheriff. These are all number one songs. These were all one-hit wonders. Uh, these are songs that you know, could have made our list. Shattered Dreams by Johnny Hates Jazz. That's one that I kind of wanted on this list. And Kevin voted it a little lower than I did. So, you know, we are very, very democratic in our process. We went through our, our due diligence as far as making this list as collaborative as we possibly could. So some songs that you know we, we really like didn't make it. Axel F by Harold Faltermeyer. That was a big one. Uh, one that didn't not make the list, but it went to number three, was She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. Why? Because that song gets on my nerves. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, he already had an acting career. We're not going to vote him into the top ten of you know best songs of the yeah, 80s. Yeah, come on. Come on, Patrick. Rest in peace, buddy. Yeah. yeah. One Night in, Man- in Bangkok by Murray Head. I liked that song when it first came out, but I got tired of it really quickly. Yeah, heard that a lot over the years, and yeah. uh, um, it kind of got. You know, there weren't enough ch- songs about chess in the '80s. There wasn't, um, or about, or from the movie Chess, the, the <laughs> Chess soundtrack. You know, another one that um, I really thought you would have fought a lot harder for uh-huh. was the Chariots of Fire. By well, it was. You know what? Here's the thing. I've got this credibility as an '80s music guy, right? And as much, I've got a Vangelis tattoo on my arm. <laughs> right. And as much as I'm a fan of theirs, I, I think it kind of, I don't know, it may, I don't say it ruins my credibility, but it certainly does mess with it a little bit. Um, yeah, this was. I actually, hated that song. <laughs> I, I, liked I cannot it. believe that was on the charts. Number one. It went. How did that song, that stupid song, go to number one? I, I did like it in National Lampoon's Vacation, 
where they park in the very back of the Wally Park. <laughs> yes. And then they run across, and they're like, we're going to be the first ones out of here tonight. <laughs> and they yes. run all the way across an empty parking lot, and this song's playing. It's almost like they're making fun of it. I can't imagine why. Oh, I, yeah, I can't either. Um, <laughs> let's see, another one here. Election Day by Arcadia. Yeah. That one got dismissed because these guys are, uh, are with Duran Duran. So Simon Le bon, Nick Rhodes, John Taylor... They were all with Duran Duran. They've had plenty of hits. Arcadia was a side project, so we had a hard time kind of, you know, making that a in our list. Uh, Pass the Duchy was, was one. I mean, it made its number ten. Yeah, and we had actually considered that one for a while on our list. Like, it, 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 it made one of the final rounds. It was on the cusp. Yes. Um, and a little, little interesting fact about that, um, and I didn't realize this, um, I guess looking back, I could kind of see it now, but MTV didn't play black artists at the no, beginning. No, at that, at that time, and, and it's funny because um, pe- some people will point to that as they were racist, but it wasn't like that at all. It was just like any, any radio station at that time, they were formatted a certain way. Like... Uh, Adult-oriented rock is what they were yeah. aiming for. Well... Not really. They were they were aiming for a younger audience. Adult oriented rock would have been more the what we know as classic rock today, more of the the Aerosmith, Eagles kind of thing. They they were they were trying to hit the the teenagers of the market, and they were they were doing it um, like they they would program for a a white new wave radio station with you know and because they played some new wave and some pop back then. And when they originally started, and I, I've got this, that's no, not here, I've got a book called I Want My MTV, and there's interviews with several executives from the time and network people that were involved at the time. In the very beginning of MTV, like they, people, you know, it was a little known thing. Music videos were really coming, becoming a fad. But they couldn't always like they. A lot of the record companies wanted MTV to pay them for their videos, mm. so the ones they were getting were the ones the record companies were giving them. So we saw a lot of things like Madness and Split Ends and the Buggles and these bands from all over the world that were you know they were sh- you were getting these videos. That's how we ended up with people like Duran Duran. Like these kind of bands were willing to put their music out there for people to see, and MTV caught on like wildfire. So as it began to do that, they kept that kind of that white bread format, and it was only until Epic Records fought them on there. They said, you know, if 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 you're not gonna play our music on there, we're gonna pull all of our videos off because they were trying to push Michael Jackson. And uh, so they said, and by the way, if we give you Michael Jackson, you've also got to play these other people. So we start seeing more and more black music coming Prince up. Prince came in soon after. Yes, Prince Prince finally was being aired on MTV. It, I mean, it wasn't until the uh, Purple Rain soundtrack that he was being played because it was like uh, just post-1999, uh, I think 1999 was starting to get played some, but it was you know you're talking second third album into his career, so these these things start happening. UMTV Raps came along, and we're doing later this summer we're doing a whole podcast 
it'll be MTV's 39th anniversary on August 1st. So we're going to do a whole podcast on that. But um, yeah, think things were changing. Uh, there was uh, a lot of things were happening on the music scene back then, and we we're talking about some of these um, these one hit wonders again. Um, Nineteen by Paul Hardcastle. Yeah, that was so, a huge. So song. I do did just want to mention one thing. Yes, past the Dutchie. Oh yeah, I'm was sorry. The first, I'm sorry. That's, that's okay. Was the that's first, how my rabbit trails go. Yeah, was the first black act to get airplay on MTV. So, really? And the second was Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, like about two weeks later. So, no so yeah, that's their, their kind of their notoriety. Yeah, yeah. so so uh, 19 by Paul Hardcastle. Yep, that was the, a huge one. The dance tune about <laughs> Vietnam. Yes. <laughs> so um, now, Genius of Love oh, almost made it. We, wanted, we both wanted that song on here so bad. Tom uh, Tom Club is a, is a break-off group from the Talking Heads. And Genius of Love, I know you guys have heard this song. Um, that one, that really came close. <laughs> yeah, and if you haven't heard it, you've heard it. If well, you've heard Mariah Carey's uh, Fantasy, because she basically rips off. I, I know she, they call it sample, but yeah. <laughs> rips off rips the off. entire sound. You know what? Maybe they haven't heard it. You know, Kevin, why don't we just play a little clip? Sounds okay, good. sounds right. good. Nah, tell you what, we will make our outro music today, Genius of Love. Those of you guys that are driving yourselves crazy, like, what in the world is that song? Why are you guys ranting and raving over this song so much? Well, that's why, because we like it, and you can hear it at the end, because that's how we roll. I actually paused and was going to play it, and I thought, you know, it'll be a great outro song, so... So we're gonna do that. So that that uh, those are just a few of the songs. One of them, another one we both wanted on here was "Punk Rock Girl" yeah. by the Dead Milkmen. That didn't even chart, right? But it was an MTV hit, and if you watched MTV back then, you you heard it, you seen it. It was a really really good song. So um, that that does it for number five. Yes, our number five song. In case you're you are are making notes and keeping track. Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. We've been talking about that song for 20 minutes. Well, we've been talking for 20 minutes. All right, that that brings us up to number four. Number four. Tender love. Love so tender. This is absolutely one of my favorite 80s songs. Tender Love by Force MDs. It went to number 10 in 1985. And in my opinion, it should have went a lot higher. Because <laughs> this this was a great song. Um, so, Kevin, tell us, what do Force MDs and Prince have in common? Um... Well, are you talking about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? I am. Yeah, so this song was written and produced by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who were part of Morris Day and the Time. Uh, well, they were the time of Morris Day and the Time. Uh, they are responsible for most of Janet Jackson's hits. Um, they won Producer of Year in 86. So so there are some major clout uh, 
for Force MDs as, as far as who wrote and produced this song. Yeah, so Prince discovers the time, who then discovers Force MDs. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, yeah. This this song, uh, like I said, had some great pedigree behind it. Yeah, and I, I, again, it's one of those bands I'm surprised we didn't hear more from. Yeah, they had success on the R&B charts, but yeah. not on the Hot 100 for yeah. for some reason. I'm not sure, because they had a great sound. Yeah, again, I think it's just a matter of who's promoting them and, and pushing their careers. Uh, again, I think a lot of artists, even back then, did not reach their full potential because they didn't have the right machine behind them. So, fun fact... Uh, in an interview back in 1985, 86-ish, uh, an interview with Steve Perry, um, they were talking, they were asking him about you know what music he was listening to, who he really liked, and he says, right now, Tender Love by Force MDs is one of the best soul songs I have ever heard. Wow. <laughs> so, Steve Perry is known as The Voice, and in my opinion... Best voice in in the history of music and voices. Period. So uh, that's high praise coming from him. He said it kind of gave him a Sam Cooke kind of a vibe, which is you know Steve Perry grew up. You know we knew him in the eighties, but back in the seventies, you know Journey was a band, and then you know I would have put him as a kid and a teenager back in the sixties. So. Um, him saying something like that about that band, that's some high praise from a pretty pretty credible fan. There. Yeah, definitely. So that's that's great. So, yeah, again, this is one of those songs I never get tired of. Um, I always listen to this song. I don't change the station when the song comes on. It's just got such a nice feel. Kind of like Don't Disturb This Groove, where it's just, it just sounds great. And just, you know, good, good talented guys. Good vocals, good harmonies on this song, so gotta appreciate that one. Got anything else on this one? No, nope, that's all it. right. So you know we're back. We're we're up to the top three, and and the number three song is is a is a, is a great one. Number three. <laughs> Keep your hands to yourself. That brings us to our number three song, and this might not be a song that you're expecting right here. Um, it's funny how our um, our list evolved the way it did. Um, in 1986, Keep Your Hands to Yourself by the Georgia Satellites was a huge hit. Got up to number two. I didn't realize it had got up that high. To me, I don't know if it doesn't really seem like an obscure song because it was a big hit, but I didn't remember it being, you know, that high on the charts at the time. Yeah. But uh, it was it was certainly it was a huge hit. I, I loved them. I don't know why. Georgia Satellites didn't have a bigger career. Now, I remember, like in these days, I, I listened to uh, the place I worked at, we had, you know, the radio was on all the time, so we're listening to the rock station a lot. And they had a few Georgia Satellite songs that were played on there, like Battleship Chains. 
like Hippie Hippie Shake, which was in the Cocktail soundtrack, which was a you know it's one of my favorite guilty pleasure '80s movies. Uh, so they had that, and they also had um, uh, Open All Night, which is another song of theirs around that same time. So that that album was really good. I remember buying that that cassette and uh, listening to this a lot. So I'm surprised they didn't get any bigger than that. So what are your thoughts there? Well, of all the songs we've had so far, this one has a completely different sound. I mean, yeah. this is uh, this is the come on Eileen of this week. Right, exactly. <laughs> the 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 band that just didn't fit. I mean, this was with was southern rock. It almost felt a little bit twangy. Yeah. But it was so catchy. Yeah. Uh, and uh it it's kind of it does seem like it doesn't really fit with the rest of the songs, but I definitely think it was a big enough hit that it deserves to certainly be in the top 10. Yeah. Um and it it only didn't get to number one because "Living on a Prayer" was number one, which oh, was. I think I've heard that song. Yeah, have you heard that one-hit wonder I think group I have. called Bon Jovi? Bon, bon Jovi. <laughs> is um, but yeah, the the lead singer wrote this song about the troubles the drummer was having with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> Which, and, he's a drummer. What's he supposed to do? He's going to be doing something. He has hands everywhere. Um, but yeah, this song was massive, and and I mean, all the way to number two on the charts. And, yeah. Uh, uh, it, it was it was like I said different. And yeah, that's a good point. It's it's kind of like the 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 Dexys Midnight Runners of the the latter decade. Yeah. They, they which the the sound they sound nothing alike, but their sound is not that typical '80s sound that you're, you're right. Heard. And, and they have kind of like the the little uh, grubbier look. You oh know, yeah, in the they, they were scrubs. They, these guys look like they hadn't taken a bath in months. <laughs> right. Now it, again, during this time frame, um, bands like. Uh, Stevie Ray Stevie Ray Vaughan was big back then. Robert Cray, I remember he had a a, a a very successful album back then. The Fabulous Thunderbirds were big back then. So some of this grittier southern rock bluesy kind of feel was out there, but they're mostly being played on the rock stations. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this was stuff that you know the, the rock people of the eighties didn't have as much to hang their hats on. Uh, the, you know, some of their favorite bands like Aerosmith and uh, were in rehab. The Eagles were broke up. Boston put an album out in '86 that you know they hey we've got hope. One of our bands are back. So there weren't like there wasn't a ton of new music that was catering much to the rock fan. Like Robert Plant would come out with an album, and um, there wasn't a ton for them to cling to. So this is one of those ones that. Even though the album sold great, uh, we only heard this one song ever on the radio, and it was a huge hit. Which it was funny because th- this one line of this song is always like, whenever it's on, I, I chuckle either internally or externally. I laugh. <clears throat> That's when she told me a story about free milk and a cow, and said, "No huggy, no kissy until I get a wedding vow." <laughs> free milk and a cow. Uh, yeah, you know, these lyrics. I mean, yeah, that, that's, they didn't a, that's take a southern. That, that's a southern expression. Yeah, this sounds like, like a country. Yeah, so country so, lyrics. So basically, uh, a girl was considered cheap if she gave the milk away. You know, don't give away the milk. You know, if you you know can't have the cow or something like that. What was that expression? Um, why why buy the cow if you're getting the milk for free? Something Ex- along yes, those. Yes, that, that's. I was trying to articulate <laughs> that. Yes, that's exactly what it is. 
So um, yeah, that again, that was a that was a good fun song. It's a yeah. it's a great song to turn up loud. Yeah, it didn't take itself too seriously. No, it did. Funny lyrics, good good rhymes, which I think maybe might have had a lot to do with how it became such a hit. Again, it is the antithesis of of what was going on in the music scene at that time outside of, you know, some of the bands I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I I like this song. Um if I found out Georgia Satellites was playing locally, uh I might go see them. So, yeah. So that was a, a again, a great song and and that's how it it somehow ended up as our number 3. Number 2. I love my classes. I got a crazy teacher. He wears dark glasses. Things are going great. And they're only getting better. I'm doing alright. Getting good grades. The future's so bright. I gotta wear shades. I gotta wear shades. Our number two song is probably another one you didn't think about being on this list until we got to it. The Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades by Madison, Wisconsin's own Timbuk3. <laughs> so yeah, these guys are from Wisconsin. 1986, this only got to number 19. But again, it's one of those, another one of those songs that has kind of had some good staying power over the years. Um, you still hear it on the radio and stuff. Shows up in movies. Um, it's, you know... I, I actually heard this song and bought the cassette, and it stunk. But this one song was <laughs> but this very one good. Song was this good, right? one song they rocked. So I wish I would have saved my money. But uh, there you go. It was a husband and wife duo that sang this song, and it's so upbeat that if you don't really look at the lyrics, you're like, it just sounds like the future is so bright. Everything's going is going so well, and it's kind of like was was what the wife mentioned to him one time that they, they um, had a family they were starting a band that was going pretty well they just had a kid or starting a family I guess Maybe I think she already had a kid and they're like wow our future's so bright we're gonna get some sunglasses and he came up with these lyrics for the song of the future so bright I gotta wear shades but he completely changes the meaning of it yeah. it's, it's all about nuclear destruction yeah. Right. That I go to nuclear science. I love my classes. I got a t- crazy teacher. Wear dark, dark glasses. glasses. And and the whole point of you've got to wear these glasses because there's going to be a nuclear explosion in the near future. And, because it was the and 80s. it's going to be so bright. Yeah, it's the Cold War time, right? Yes. Um, kind of the winding down of the Cold War time. But what I remember about this song is when they said fifty thousand a year will buy a lot of beer, and I remember thinking to myself, eighty six. Fifty thousand dollars, like I'll that never would make buy that a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah, I'll then. never make that much money. Uh, so, so I had to look it up. How much would fifty thousand dollars in nineteen eighty six be in today's dollars? What hmm. do you think? I would guess that would be like eighty six thousand dollars. It'd be a hundred and seventeen thousand dollars. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, so now, you, which would still buy a lot of beer. We would still buy a lot of beer. But uh, yeah, so one hundred and seventeen thousand. So so in eighty six, one hundred seventeen thousand a year will buy a lot yeah, of beer. Doesn't roll as well. Sound the same. No. So apparently, a nuclear scientist in eighty six coming out of college would make about fifty thousand. Now they'd make about one hundred and seventeen thousand. So would they? Would uh, they? Would they make more now? Maybe they probably actually would it, make more than that. More. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song was so catchy and it and it's so fast and so you would have no idea it's about. The end of the world, nuclear destruction. Yeah. But and I don't care that it's about that. I, I I just enjoy the song and 
it's it's an awesome song, and I like to hear this when it's nice and bright and sunny out, and I want to put my shades on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoy the song. When that opening harmonica comes on, I'm like, they've got me locked. Yeah. I'm locked in with the magical harmonica. So that, that is a good song. So 1986, I was rocking this song pretty hard. Uh, still enjoy it today uh, enough that we we made it number two. So that means Kevin, we've got one more song left. I wonder if, if anybody can guess what this song is. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder. Number one. So our number one song for 1985 through 1989, Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. This is one that uh, we we both absolutely agreed on. So we didn't talk about this. So what we did, we, we both agreed on each of these lists to get to a top ten. Like top ten for this week, then top ten you heard from 1980 through 84 was last week. So we agreed these should all be top 10. And so we ranked them individually so they had point values. And uh, like, say, for example, um, Rumors by Timex Social Club was our number 7. I ranked it 6. Kevin ranked it 8. So I had 14 total points. And so like golf, the lowest score wins. So if you're, you know, you've got like um, uh, Keep Your Hands to Yourself, we both ranked as four, which made it number eight, which had lower points than anything else. So that's how we did it. But Till Tuesday had the lowest point total. It had two points because we both ranked it number one because this song is a great song, amazing vocals. Amy Mann has got the voice of an angel. Um, they're from Boston, Massachusetts, and... Um, and Kevin, go ahead and talk about this song or the band a little bit. Well, so the song was awesome. Then they had the video came out, which if you look back on it, it's, it's a little bit cheesy. I remember they said they were kind of embarrassed about it later because they're acting so serious in it. And and uh, But it really helped drive it. This song would have stood on its own because Amy Mann's got an amazing voice. Yeah. Um, which, back to the video... I never thought the I never found the video being cheesy. I thought it was just kind of a a nice dramatic tale, which it was. They which thought, with better acting and stuff could have made a good script for a movie. Yeah, and I think that was it. They 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 kind of laughed at themselves later because we we were overacting and being so dramatic that they thought they had overdone. And and I I think it's a fine video. Basically, the 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 point of the video is she's kind of in a in a, an abusive relationship where she's playing in this band and he wants her to be like a 
higher in higher society. Yeah, right? he wants to be a little bit classy. Yeah, she he he's more of a sophisticated taste kind of Grey Poupon sort of guy. Yeah, and she's more of a Joan Jet kind of a girl. Yeah, and and if you remember at the end of the at, of the end of the song, they're at um, an opera or whatever. Yeah, and he reaches over and and like kind of grabs her her rat tail. You remember the rat tails that people oh, used yeah, to have, yeah. and and kind of is looking at it like oh, I can't believe she has this rat tail, and we're at the opera. And that's when and she, she should have screamed and said, "This is the '80s," and then <laughs> sung the part. So then she stands up and just like starts belting out voices, uh, voices care, you know. And then he's just like so embarrassed by her at that point. Um, but yeah, Amy Mann has an amazing voice, like you said. And voices carry, or I'm sorry, till Tuesday only had one hit, mm-hmm. but Amy Mann has had a pretty successful career. Yes. She's went on to do other things, yeah. um, including if you've heard the Rush song "Time Stands Still." That female part on in the the bridge and the chorus there, that's Amy Mann. So, again, incredible voice. Um, this song, just great. Yeah, they won um, MTV's Best New Artist that year. Mm-hmm. That's almost always a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, especially if you win a Grammy for that. Ask Christopher Cross how he feels about winning that yeah. award. Yeah, um, she briefly got into some acting so so you know kind of like she can do it all right yeah. and um so she's in well after her acting performance in voices care yeah who they, wouldn't want hollywood came, came calling That's but right. uh, she was in uh, a brief scene in the big lebowski she's married to sean penn's brother michael uh yes good because chris is dead yeah that would be yeah, sad that would be yeah weird. he was the guy from uh footloose, footloose yeah and wildlife which, if you heard the little clip at the beginning of the, the the very intro, there's a little line there. It says, it's casual. That's, uh, that's Chris Penn oh, really? from Wildlife, which was a sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which Wildlife was terrible. But I digress. So <laughs> so I mentioned Amy's had some other songs. Have you ever heard a song called Labrador? No. Okay. I'm glad you haven't. So this is my little surprise for you. Um Labrador was a song she had. I don't even know when this came out. But when they made the music video for Labrador, mm-hmm. it's kind of several similar shots to the video from Voices Carry. No kidding. So you have to watch it. Except in this one, she's married to a guy that's wearing a wife beater, and he's kind of like lower society, uh-huh. and she's kind of classier. And so at the very end... <laughs> they're sitting somewhere, maybe in the opera again or whatever, and he holds up a rat tail to her like, why don't you have this rat tail? <laughs> so awesome. it's the exact opposite. You know what? John Hamm is at the beginning of the video, like he's the producer of Get the, out it. Get here. I watched it today. I was cracking I, up. You so. know what? So, funny story here. Uh, what I originally said was, why don't we hear a little piece of that? So we stopped recording, watched the video, which was awesome, but the song sucks. So if you want to go watch Labrador by Amy Mann, John Hamm's in it, some other doofus, uh, it is it is great. So Kevin, thank you for sharing. That was awesome. <laughs> so anything else about Till Tuesday, about Amy Mann right now? Nope. Uh, just definitely a, an iconic 80s song, and I think it's worthy of the number one song for at least the second uh, part of the decade. So here's the curveball I'm throwing at you. Okay. I thought about this when we made the list, but I'm just now revealing this to you. Okay. 
Jenny, 8675309. Voices carry till Tuesday. Which one would Ooh. you pick as the top number one one-hit wonder of the 1980s? I think I would have to go with Jenny. I think I would have to, too. Yeah. Um, I I think when you think of the 80s, that so represents the sound, just that phone number being part of, becoming part of culture, just the the spirit of that like every decade the in the in the rock era the 50s the 60s the 70s the 80s the 90s all had a ton of here today gone tomorrow one hit wonders that have left their marks and stayed with us you know up until now uh, i'm sure that the 2000s and the 2010s and now the 2020s maybe have some of that too I kind of stopped listening to music as, you know, uh, pop music uh, probably about 2002, 2003-ish. I don't, I don't remember when I stopped. But um, I, I, I just, I, I don't see, um, and I don't want to sound like an old codger, <laughs> but I, I don't see these, the, the stars that are out now, it seem to be these established or that have become established stars that they're all over the charts like Miley Cyrus and Taylor Swift and these kind of people that have made great careers for themselves but you don't hear of anybody else there there are no there are no Tommy Two Tones that come along that transcend you know generations and and like everybody knows that song yeah I I mean I can't think of one off the top of my head but I'm barely know the artists that are popular right now let alone the yeah, ones that would be one hit yeah, wonders there so. are very few outside of some of the uh, the americana music i listen to on diddy tv um there's some of those uh, there's some of the country stars that are out but again the, the ones that i know are the ones that have been out for a few years like the kenny chesney's of the world like those guys i know and i know who luke bryan is and i know who jason aldean is and I, I I like Chris Stapleton, so I mean like the the I would probably know more country people if I were quizzed and shown pictures or heard songs. I'd probably know more of the the country people, even though I, I modern country for the most part I can't it's it's unlistenable to me. Um, there is some that are still kind of gives you a little bit of hope that there is some good music being made out there, but pop music. Um, yeah. Again, it's it's a generational thing. Kids, you know, younger adults gravitate towards it, and they like it. They always have. They've always gone with kind of what's on on the cusp of you know culture for them. That's their view of the world. Like, so twenty years from now, they're listening to the oldie stations. They can hear, you know, Miley Cyrus or whatever. But um, you know, it's 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 just fascinating how uh, popular music to us. Uh, well, again, to every every generation, I think helps define what you're doing. It becomes like the soundtrack of your life. Like you remember, you know, when you're going on a road trip, you remember, you know, driving the car for the first time. You remember, you know, people you hung out with and the stuff that you did. Like those songs bring us all back. And uh, hopefully, the, this generation of kids now have those songs that stick with them that they can 
this in too late. Of course, they're not nearly as good. No, they're not. Not even close. <laughs> but you know, hopefully, they have something they can. That's hang, what they have to work with, on, though, right? Know? So, got to work with what you got. That's right. So, all right, Kevin, thank you for sticking around here. Yeah, this um, has been so much going fun going through these. Uh, you know, the last two weeks of of these songs, um, they have been a ton of fun. So, all you guys out there, thanks for listening. Uh, get on the uh, Living in the 80s page and you know, post your favorite music videos. Reply to the comment section here of maybe some one-hit wonders we may have missed. Um, again, so we all have our own memories of the 80s, different things that we remember. So your version of the 80s may be different from ours, but uh, no matter what, no matter what, you finally get to hear Tom Tom Club. Have a great week. <laughs>